Welcome to a tribute to Lynn the Red Panda. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hi, hello, hello, and welcome to a special, though admittedly sad, episode of the Raw Safari Podcast. Uh, news has recently been released on uh, social media that Lynn, the red panda, who was 10 years old, a female and an incredible mother who lived at the Cincinnati Zoo, has passed away. And uh, while not Every animal that I, I talk about or meet on the podcast can get their own special bonus episode. Lynn really deserved uh, a bit of that, so I want to um, I want to share some thoughts and then some previously recorded audio with y'all about Lynn the Red Panda, um, and and of course her primary keeper Paul Reinhardt. Who, uh, if if you've been a fan of the pod for a while, you've heard on here many times. Um, but I know we have a lot of new listeners, and so to give you a background on this, before I started the podcast, I want to say back in 2019, I was playing a gig near Cincinnati, and I went to the Cincinnati Zoo and had the opportunity to meet Lynn the Red Panda. Now. I had met at this point two other red pandas, but this turned out to be one of the most uh, special and defining meetups of my life to that point, and I can honestly say still to this day. There are certain animals, whether they are red pandas or, you know, dogs and cats or whatever, that for whatever reason, just tug on your heartstrings in an incredible way. And when I went and met Lynn, I, I fell so completely in love with her. My heart was just so full that day. Um, and I, I talked a little bit about that. You're going to hear some some audio, like I said, from a, a previous episode, and and I'll I'll let myself tell you a little bit more about that in the moment and how cool of an experience it was. But uh, the best way I can explain it to those of you who listen and know, you know, how I am at zoos is like I love zoos. I love wandering zoos. Even getting to have all of these incredible, cool behind the scenes experiences and stuff that I get to do, I still just like to go to a zoo and walk around and be a happy zoo person. And uh, my plan for this day when I met Lynn was I went to the zoo. I went almost immediately for my meeting of Lynn and I was shell-shocked. And I walked out of that little bit of time and I was like, okay, here I am at the Cincinnati Zoo, one of my favorite zoos in the entire world. And um, I'm going to still walk around. I'm going to go see Fiona and go see Lucille and, and all the things. And I I, I, I tried. I tried. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. 
which is weird for me. I literally just all I could think about was the time that I had spent with Lynn and how incredible it had been. I think I walked around the zoo uh, in a bit of a daze for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then I was like, nah, I'm good, fam. And I peaced out because I just had had this incredibly special moment with this animal that was just so intrinsically special. And I mean, you know, she's a red panda. It's not like she told me my future or anything. She was just very there. But I, oh, as you can tell, I'm having a hard time describing it. Um, and so, yeah, back on Thursday, February 15th, uh, I got a text from Paul Reinhardt, um, her primary keeper, telling me that uh, Lynn had been struggling with some liver issues and they progressed quickly and the difficult decision was made to euthanize. And um, he he said it was it was very hard. It was a very it was a very Paul text. Paul is not a man of many words. And um, it was just really interesting to to see that and to to kind of be able to read the pain that he was feeling. And um, then I started hearing from other friends at the zoo, letting me know that, you know, Lynn had unfortunately needed to be euthanized. And I, I want to start off by saying I'm so grateful to the team there for making sure that she didn't suffer and knowing that they could do the right thing. And I'm so grateful that I have such amazing relationships at the zoo that I was able to hear from people and, um, and find this out. It's not every day that I get super emotional when an animal passes away, but losing Lynn was tough. Um, she was an absolutely incredible mother at 10 years of age. She had 10 cubs as her um, legacy and, uh, you know, was was even a, a grandmother. And um, I just, I, it's hard to be at a loss for words when you're recording an audio podcast and trying to share it with people. And I thought of like trying to write a script for this, but I, I was hoping that if I was just authentic about it and I was hoping that my emotion uh, would would be a better tribute to Lynn than any words that I could say, because this is a devastating loss. It's just she was an incredible panda. She had an incredible spirit. Her bond with Paul was flat out astonishing, um, which is not surprising because he is amazing. And, you know, that's one of the things I know I say this a lot on here, but I cannot help but be amazed at the fact that, you know, people like Paul Reinhardt, zookeepers everywhere, all around the country, have these moments where they lose their best friend of 10 years or whatever, and you still have to go and you still have to do the thing. That very day, you have to just keep on keeping on because, you know, there are other red pandas and other animals on your string that require your full – um cooperation and and work and they 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 are literally relying on you for their their food and their enrichment and to make sure that they're safe and all those things and i just find that so amazing it is one of the most amazing things about uh the the keepers and the job in general that i have i have ever come to realize during this podcast. And I'm I'm sorry if this is a bit rambly, but um even recording this days later, I'm 
I'm just I'm at a loss about this one, y'all. Uh, but so what I did was um, our our first season episode with Paul Reinhardt uh, was number forty, and if you want, you could go back and listen to the whole thing. And um, it's really a beautiful tribute to an incredible human working at the Cincinnati Zoo and to the pandas that were there at the time and everything. Uh, but I pulled some clips just talking about Lynn a little bit, and I want to share them with all of you. And, uh, there's, there's not a lot. Um, the funny thing about Lynn was even in an entire episode dedicated to the red pandas at the Cincinnati zoo, Lynn was just like the rock star. There was, there was nothing to explain because how do you explain the, the perfect panda, the perfect mother? You know, we talked about the cubs. We even talked about Kenji, the, uh, the, the mate of Lynn at the time. And, um, but Lynn, she came up briefly. It was like, yeah, she's perfect. Cool. And we moved on. But um, to have known her was to have loved her. And so uh, I'm going to let you hear some some of that audio from Paul. And um, this is kind of our way of saying goodbye to Lynn. I do want to say that this was uh, in the early days of the podcast. We weren't even six months in yet. And um, we were also recording on exhibit while wearing masks because COVID. So the audio is not the best. And I had not yet learned uh, all of my neat little processing tricks that I have since learned. But uh, take a listen. And uh, yeah, just... uh, Hopefully this helps y'all reconnect with this gorgeous, wonderful panda. I miss her so much. We start off here talking about uh, my visit to the the zoo and meeting Audra and Lenore, uh, the twins that are still at the zoo that were Lynn's progeny. When I was here last summer, Mm -hmm. I had the incredibly unique opportunity of seeing them in the nest box. Oh, when they were Good. not moving yet, really. <laughs> and the the person who brought me back and, and was being super kind to me yeah. um, said, I will open the nest box. You can't, you know, take pictures. You can't do anything. Right, right. And you're not going to see their little faces because they would always sit with their butts towards the, right, the, the exactly. door. And she opened the door and there were two perfect little faces with <laughs> tongues out. And I almost died. Uh, <laughs> too bad you didn't sneak a, a picture there. I'm interested to... Uh, hear who who brought you back if uh, it doesn't matter i no right more I and more that. i really love opening up uh opportunities for people to see youngsters when i was a youngster here and we we had uh babies you absolutely couldn't hardly breathe around them you almost <laughs> right, had to, right. uh, hold your breath when you were close to them but i gotta say lynn who we're going to meet in a little bit is just a phenomenal mother. She is just incredible. And she's so, uh, she makes parenting look so easy. So tell me what it means to be a good mother as a red panda. Oh, let's see for her. It's uh, there's a word I always use. She doesn't, it's not complicated uh, for her. She, she absolutely bonds with those cubs initially doesn't come out of the nest box. Um, I keep saying she makes it look easy or she's, uh, she's not, uh, easily upset unless, uh, mail comes down or a little bit of a, a bark or, or anything like that happens. She's right on top of it. (laughs) 
as a quick explanation of some of the noises you're going to hear right at the beginning of this segment, when we first got into the exhibit, Lynn was being a little shy and hiding, and Paul called her and then accidentally spilled some apples on the ground. Which, although it was a mistake, was really fortuitous because Lynn immediately came to get those apples. So uh, you'll hear that, which is pretty entertaining. Okay, here's that segment of the interview. Come on, Baba. Come on, Baba. Hey, Lynn. Hey, pretty girl. Oh, gosh. Oh. Look at that. How dumb. <laughs> Well, there you go. She's going to come out. She is interested. <laughs> All right. So this is world famous mother Lynn, huh? World, yes, world famous. She's my she's my star. Um, Lynn was born here. She's want to say eight years old. She might be seven now. Um, she had five litters of cubs. Um, okay. Finding their own food, so it doesn't surprise me that they switched over to to bamboo and that's everywhere. Right. So um five litters of cubs. Um have you ever heard that females tend to uh when they're breeding they tend to start to drop off uh, breeding at about age eight. Mm-hmm. You have yes. I have. So she's like right around. I swear she's eight years old now. So I've hopefully been convincing people to let her continue to breed each year. She does fine with it. She maintains great weight. For me, I'd like to really uh, see how long she'll go. Uh, she bred from the first year opportunity, and she bred every year since. So. That's amazing. Um, and what is the uh, the first opportunity? Is that oh, um, two, maybe one? That is, they breed when they're eighteen months. Okay, and then they give birth when they're two years old. Okay. Um, to me, that's just fascinating, yeah. and I think people have learned that by accident over the years. But uh, it is very precise, and I've heard had panda keepers say, "Oh, we didn't put them together because she's not old enough." Well, she's eighteen months; she's old enough to breed and give birth at two, and it's natural. They want to breed, even animals that don't get along in a in a zoo or in human care uh, will breed with animals with a male. That uh, let's go, buddy. Let's go, little tiger. Here comes Lucas. She'll climb right on top. Oh, my goodness. Hi, baby. Hey, Lynn. Just got to be careful. (laughs) There you are, Lynn. That's amazing. She's the champion of picture taking. Yeah, she's she's a queen. You can tell. She's just amazing. I don't know. I usually don't tell people I love animals, but I absolutely love her. Right. Get out, man. Oh, what a good girl you are. Who's the best girl? Get me in there, too. So, uh, Amazing. There you go. So there you go. Um. Well, there you have it, folks. A little look at the life of Lynn and a little reminder of how amazing Paul Reinhardt is and really 
how amazing all the people that do this work are because, um, you know, it's not easy and it's, it's, it's got a lot of compassion fatigue and a lot of challenges and you, you spend your time with these animals and then something happens and, um, you know, you just have to keep going. Like I mentioned when I was talking before, uh, I just want to say thank you to the Cincinnati zoo for being an amazing partner with Rasafari since the very beginning. And, um, to Paul for being a, a good person and a good friend. And, uh, last but not least, I guess I just want to take a minute and say goodbye to Lynn. Thank you, sweet girl for just being one of the most amazing animals and and helping me realize that that what I'm doing here and what we're all in this conservation and and zoo world trying to do in our own ways uh that that it really does matter and that there there're really really special animals out there i will miss you dearly sweet girl the Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.